BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. From 1850 to 1863, California law prevented black people and other people of color from testifying in court. We'll learn about this history, which is the subject of a new podcast out today, and why black testimony mattered then and still matters now. Then we head to woodlands, where bees brought to pollinate California's valuable almond crops have become the target of thieves. We take a look at the growing problem. And lastly, we'll transport to 1980s L.A. with Solomon Hughes, who portrays the legendary basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the upcoming HBO series Winning Time about the Showtime Lakers dynasty. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. During the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer who was convicted of murdering George Floyd, many remember the emotional testimony of Darnella Frazier, the black teen who filmed the murder. Her testimony and that of other eyewitnesses, many of whom were black, were a central part of the prosecution's case. Black people didn't always have the right to testify in court in the U.S., though, and not just in the Jim Crow South, but in California as well, which had a black testimony exclusion law on the books from 1850 to 1863. That lesser-known law and the consequences of it is the subject of a new episode of the podcast Gold Chains, produced by the ACLU of Northern California and for which KQED is an education partner. Joining me to talk about this history and why Black testimony mattered then and still matters today is the podcast creator, writer, and host, Tamerlan Drummond. Welcome to Forum, Tamerlan. Thank you so much for having me, Ariana. I think first I want to start with a little bit of background uh, for your listeners. Yeah. Uh, kind of lay the table a little bit. So in 2019, the ACLU of Northern California created a public education project that was called Gold Chains, The Hidden History of Slavery in California. And at the time, as many of you may remember, it was the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first Africans in Jamestown, Virginia. And there was a lot of public discussion about slavery and its impact, but the thing was no one was talking about California. And many people really didn't know California had slavery because in school, many of us were taught that the state came into the union as a free state. But the truth was it was free in name only. And really a lot of Southern slaveholders brought enslaved people into California to mine gold during the gold rush. And so there were all kinds of laws that the state of California really created to allow white settlers to continue to enslave uh, both black people and indigenous people. 
So we created the Gold Chain's website basically to document this history and really to show the through lines between slavery and the ACLU's uh, racial and economic justice work. Hmm. So the podcast uh, that we're discussing today is a spinoff of this earlier work. And the uh, second episode, Black Testimony Matters, looks at what were known as the testimony laws. Um, In 1850, California, basically the same year, ironically, that it came into the union, passed laws that basically prevented Black and Indigenous people from testifying against white people in criminal cases in any circumstances. And they later expanded that law to Chinese people. So what that actually did was it pretty much stripped all people of color of any kind of legal protection. Because basically, if you were a person of color and a white person uh, was accused of committing a crime against you, you could not legally testify against that person in court. And essentially, it wasn't just people of color who were harmed by this, but basically many crimes went unpunished because of this law. So the podcast really, um, it examines these laws and it revolves in particular around the just horrible murder of uh, a prominent black businessman uh, in San Francisco Um, And it looks at how the testimony laws played out in that case because his accused killer uh, was a white person. Right. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then, yes. And I know we'll get to hear an extended cut um, of that in a moment. But while before that that murder took place there, you also cover in the podcast something called the colored conventions that happened and that George Gordon attended um, that occurred in 1856. Can you tell us a bit about those? They were held in in Sacramento and there was an agenda to discuss ways to end these laws. So you can tell us a bit more about those and and what comes out of them. Yes, the colored conventions is one of the earliest examples of civil rights activism, not just in California, but across the country. Uh, And essentially what happened was we had um, Uh, a number of uh, formerly enslaved black people and uh, people who were legally free who got together um, at a series of conventions in Sacramento. There were four of them and their agenda was to overturn the testimony laws. And the reason that they were so intent on doing this is that they realized that as long as the testimonies were in effect, literally um, African-Americans had no legal protection under the law. So they launched a petition campaign, uh, collected thousands of signatures, which they submitted to the legislature um, in an effort to get these laws overturned. Uh, You know, they had an uphill battle, however, because the legislature was dominated by uh, Southern uh, white men, many of whom had uh, formerly had slaves. uh, And those laws ultimately did not get overturned until 1863. Uh, But certainly their efforts, uh, you know, uh, helped to ultimately lead to the repeal of those laws. And so as you mentioned before, George Gordon, so he was one of the attendees and he's a central character in this episode, as you mentioned, um, because of the murder um, of George Gordon. So we're going to listen to this extended cut. Do you want to just set it up briefly for us, Tamerlan Drummond? Sure. So as I mentioned, the episode revolves around uh, the murder of George Gordon, who was a prominent Black businessman. Uh, He runs a barbershop in San Francisco. Um, And uh, what you're going to be listening to is the um, interaction that happens between uh, George Gordon 
and a man named uh, Robert Shell. All right, let's listen. The intersection of California and Sansome Streets lies in the heart of San Francisco's financial district. Today, there's a Bank of California here. But in the 1850s, George Gordon's time, it was a three-story hotel called Tahama House. It attracted the city's political movers and shakers, and many of those gentlemen formed Gordon's clientele at the barbershop he ran in the basement. On an autumn Tuesday morning, George Gordon is at work. A few customers wait for shaves and haircuts. Around 10.30, a man named Robert Shell walks in with two other white men and heads straight for Gordon. He shouts, that affair last night was not quite right. George Gordon replies, yes it was, you went down on the money. Shell showed up to confront the barber because of something that had happened the night before. Gordon's wife had reported the white man to the police. She said he'd walked into her hat shop when he thought no one was looking and stole $11 from the cash drawer. When the police questioned him, he flew into a rage at the notion that a Negro would accuse him of a crime. At the barber shop, Shell gets physical. He starts pummeling George Gordon with a cane. When the men grab each other, two customers rush over to pull them apart. As soon as they separate, Shell pulls a Derringer pistol and shoots George Gordon in the chest. He staggers out onto the street and Shell chases him to continue his vicious attack in full view of witnesses. George Gordon's funeral took place two days later at his home on Minna Street. There, the mortician's records note, he was laid out in a rosewood coffin. Black, Chinese, and white San Franciscans gathered as two coaches accompanied a horse-drawn hearse to the Lone Mountain Cemetery. A prominent white minister delivered the eulogy. One newspaper described George Gordon as a man of intelligence who had a handsome property. He was 34 years old when Robert Shell killed him. The coroner's report, newspapers, and historians have written about the case. Although the details differ slightly, the basic story is the same. There was no doubt that Shell murdered George Gordon, an unarmed man in cold blood. But in order to convict him of first-degree murder, the prosecution had to prove his racist intent in court. The problem was, most of the customers in the barbershop were black. That meant they couldn't testify. That left the prosecution with one white eyewitness, or should we say, someone who identified as white. James Cowles was light-skinned with what one reporter described as a wig of straight hair. The witness said he was from Portugal, but Shell's defense attorney challenged Cowell's testimony on the grounds that he was a black man. That would have prohibited Cowell's from testifying against his client. That was an extended clip of the new episode, which is out today, of Gold Chains, a podcast about the hidden history of slavery in California. The episode is titled Black Testimony Matters. You can find the link to the rest of the episode through our show page, kqed.org slash forum. We're talking with Tamerlan Drummond, the podcast creator, writer, and host. And Tamerlan, br briefly before we close, why was it important to tell this story now in 2022? 
It's important to know this history to see that when you look at our legal system today, racism has really been sort of hardwired into it. And, you know, we can see how looking at the testimony laws, there is a direct through line to um, witnesses, uh, prosecutors and defense attorneys uh, using peremptory challenges to strike black witnesses from juries, uh, Mm -hmm. that this has basically been... um, a long-standing situation where the testimony of people of color has been discredited in our legal system. And so as we look to try to change this, we really have to understand where this history comes from and how we ended up where we are today. And what can we look forward to in, are there going to be future episodes or other aspects that you hope to explore um, coming in the coming months? Yes, we're actually going to be exploring, uh, because the Gold Chains website also looks at the enslavement of indigenous uh, people uh, in the state. And so that is what we will be focusing on in our upcoming uh, episode. Right. That's a reminder, and I know you mentioned earlier um, that it applied to Chinese Americans, but that California's unique history is complicated and applied to a lot of different groups, Native Americans, um, as you mentioned. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on to share a piece of this podcast. This is the Gold Chains podcast about the hidden history of slavery in California. We've been talking with Tamerlan Drummond. She's a communication strategist for the ACLU of Northern California and creator, host, and writer of the Gold, Ca- Gold Chains podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, Tamerlan. Thank you so much for making the time today. Take care. You too. And I'm Ariana Prail. And for Mina Kim, we'll have more Forum coming up after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.